Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Eric and Jeremy went up the hill to record a freaking podcast. Hello and welcome to Little Marty, the only podcast on the internet dedicated to covering the works of Adam Sandler and Martin Scorsese. My name is Eric Halloweeno. And my name is Jeremy the Butcher Chino. Jeremy... Um, you know, it's great to, it's great to talk to you on this first take Mm -hmm. of our podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we, we definitely didn't have to restart uh, a couple times before recording this one. Right. But, uh, well, I'll tell you this much. I forgot everything that I said in those first two takes. So this is going to be like fresh. I'm going to be basically fresh as a daisy for this one. Jeremy went on like the craziest Anti, uh, well, I'm not even going to say it. Let's just say a tirade is probably the, uh, probably an appropriate description yeah. for, for what Jeremy did. And my face was beat red. I had smoke coming out of my nose and ears and a little out of my beehole. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it was, uh, it was, and it was all, uh, sort of aimed at, uh, you know, basically my, <laughs> um, uh, I can't even riff something uh, right now. I'm uh, I'm so completely. Uh, we've had to do this a couple times, so just for the listener, just so they know, I'm 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 shut. I'm shutting down. The robot energy in me is shutting down. I I had four great riffs, spent them all. So now I'm just I'm now I'm just what they call a civilian. I have no good takes and no good riffs. Eric, help yeah. me. Help me my <laughs> my brain is also mush at this point, but you know what, Jeremy? We got to get these brain juices flowing because we're not talking about your average run of the mill movie for this <laughs> podcast. We're talking about Jack and Jill. That's right. Adam Sandler, yeah. uh, starring Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler. Yeah, sorry, uh, Adam before, Sandler v. Adam Sandler. Versus hold on a Adam second. Sandler. I can't remember if we did this during this take. Or uh, oh the take before that, or the take before that, mm-hmm. or maybe the take before that. But uh, this is a podcast about uh, Adam Sandler and Martin Scorsese. Um, we are currently in some crazy uh, part of time that we knew we would get to at one point. Yes. Where we have a ton of Sandler movies left to cover uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> not so many Scorsese's. So That's we're correct. doing... We're doing two for one. We'll do uh, two Sandlers and then uh, another Scorsese. So this first of the two is Jack and Jill. Um, but before that, Jeremy, we have what I'm going to call a Patreon. Oh, you call it that. Interesting. I've been yeah. calling it a Patreon as well. Huh. Interesting. I'm glad. I'm We're kinda, talking I'm about the same glad. thing, right? That I, thing that we do. I assume so. You're talking about uh, that thing I've been building in my attic? <laughs> yeah, yeah, to shrink people's heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's called a Patreon. I've, I've, I've named it Patreon. 
uh, for some reason that that word has been getting getting me held up in the patent office as I'm trying to patent the technology to shrink people's heads a la the Super Mario Brothers movie. But uh, I guess uh, Patreon is already a word. Yeah, we should. Yeah. That would be a good, like, I don't know. If there's some sort of, like, nostalgia, like, 80s, 90s nostalgia, like, B sci-fi movies or something. Like, that that would go up really well with, like, a Total Recall or something. But but I digress. I've been calling the shrink ray uh, the Patreon, but uh, there is apparently something else called a Patreon. Um, uh, Do you know what this is? I all I know about it is that we do one of those every week, um, we and do. apparently and they're really good. The episodes that we do for those, huh? Okay, because I just thought I was having a good conversation with you after, after each after each one of these. No, episodes. I've been recording those. Really? Oh, oh I yeah. gotta go back oh, and yeah. listen to those. Yeah, but it's uh, if you wanted to listen to them, <laughs> you would go to patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Uh, th- we got, uh, you know, we've been doing this for a long time, so we have all sorts of uh, bonus episodes you can listen to. We did a series on Tales from the Crypt. We've done, we do uh, audience requests. There's a tier where you can force us to do an episode on any movie. Um, and uh, we even had a Mordecai tier at one point that... We didn't think anyone was gonna was brave enough to to subscribe to it, but uh, yeah, someone did. Or and we had to watch Mordecai enough to subscribe to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, if you're one of the uh, four other people in the world that's seen Mordecai, you can listen to a podcast about it on our Patreon. Uh, we're we're in the golden days of our Patreon. Uh, in October, we just did summer horror. Uh, films and now we're going to be covering normal horror films, mm. spooky ones. Mm. Yeah, you know spooky horror films, right? Not I the non-spooky am ones. such a big fan of spooky horror films. You could say I'm a bit of a, I uh, also a bit of an expert. Kind of, yes. Uh, you know, have uh, let's just say I used to do a podcast where we covered the entire Chucky franchise. Okay, I don't mean to brag, but and uh, you know if you are interested if you're brave enough to uh to listen to to podcast episodes that are really good uh and get new ones all the time Mm. you're gonna have to head on over to patreon.com slash eric and jeremy we're having a great time over there um and uh jeremy that is it for our uh plugging of the patreon so we are talking about jack and jill i believe uh at some point in our discussion in our many discussions tonight uh uh you had mentioned that you're you're a fan of Jack and Jill. You like this movie. Okay, so something that we you know, I I mentioned to Eric uh, on one of our many takes of the episode was was that I actually think this movie is not bad. And that is um something I didn't expect to say. Especially given that this movie came out in 2011. You know, most movies from 2011 are bad, but some for whatever reason, I'm watching Jack and Jill and I'm laughing, Eric, and I can't stop myself. And then my partner, who hasn't said a gosh dang word to me all day, even though I've been trying to get her attention, you know, I've been flagging her down, using a bullhorn, nothing has worked. I mean, even hear her in the kitchen while she's working, she's laughing at the movie. She's not even watching it, just laughing at hearing it. Wow. 
I, you know, I could, I, I, I could overhear you uh, watching it too. And I gotta say, I liked what I heard. Yeah, yeah, it brought joy to the house, Eric. And you know what movie did not bring joy to the house? Oh, what's that? Just go with it. <laughs> yeah, not a great one. Uh, you know, I, uh, I just go with it is a movie uh, that um, is very easy to forget. I gotta say, yeah, it's very easy to forget. Could Jack and Jill, just forget about it. This is this is a uh, you know this is something that I just thought of Jeremy and this isn't me trying to recreate uh, a point that I was making in an <laughs> earlier take. Um, we uh, have, you know, I feel like Jack and Jill and a lot of these later Sandler movies they're following the same formula as like a Big Daddy or a Happy Gilmore, mm-hmm. and uh, I you know I I can't help but notice that uh. You know, you're you're getting the same stuff. You're getting the characters with funny names. You're getting the wacky cameos from from random, uh, you know, celebrities. People are getting hit in the face with stuff. Um, it's it's got all the staples of a Sandler movie. And you know what? If I was a young man watching Jack and Jill, it'd probably be one of my favorites. Yeah, I I mean, it, it's it's. It's funny. Like, the thing is, is, like, I, I had always heard this was one of the worst movies ever made, and so I think I came into it pretty primed to not like it, you know, obviously. Um, in fact, it, you know, just a quick browse through their Wikipedia page, you know, it that is a fact about this movie, is that some have considered it to be one of the worst films ever made. Uh, I like this better than probably the last four Adam Sandler movies we covered. I like it better than Just Go With It and Grown Ups, and I uh, like it better than Bedtime Stories. I like it better than Zohan. Definitely better than I Love You... Uh, I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. Definitely better than Rain Over Me. I like it better than Click, my dude. Interesting. Just I don't know if I would it. like it better than Click, but I do... I, I'm with you. I think, I. you know... I think this is an all right movie, and I, I maybe that is part of the expectation because I have heard that too that this is like one of the worst movies of all time. The only I had never seen this movie before, um, other than I had seen the Dunkachino like commercial or whatever. Right. I don't know if I had like turned this movie on on cable or something at the end of it, or if I just saw like a clip of that that clip on YouTube. But um, yeah, people hate this movie, and uh, I don't know why. Really, I, d- I don't know why. It's definitely like I'll, I'll, I don't mean to go overboard here. It's definitely not one of the top ten Sandler movies or anything by even no. a long shot. It, but it is definitely not. It's definitely watchable. I think it, it has a pretty bad second half. I mean, like the first half, I think is a lot better. But overall, like. When I, when I, these movies are getting bad. Like they're getting, uh-huh. they're getting not, they're getting hard to watch and hard to want to sit down and watch them. And after watching this, I saw something in the, in the performance of Sandler that I had been missing, I think for a couple of films. And that is energy. Like we kind of talked about this in one of our other takes, but like, I don't feel like Sandler has been giving these performances in these last few films, very much energy, you know, funny people, grown ups, and just go with it. He's sort of sleepwalking through those movies, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie, he's playing Jill, who's a ball of energy. So you get to see Adam Sandler actually 
doing character work and doing actually doing something on screen that isn't just reciting snarky dialogue. So do you remember the Gap Girls uh, sketch on SNL? <laughs> yeah. Right. So I, I I was reminded of this, you know, one can't help but think back at the other times that Sandler was playing a lady. And, you know, I, there's the Gap Girls, and I think there's another SNL sketch, notable SNL sketch, where he's playing a lady, where I feel like he was kind of, like in Gap Girls especially, he's having a great time, and he's mm. super funny. I feel like he was kind of tapping into that in this movie, not just in, like, because he's, you know, dressed up as a as a woman, uh, but I mm. feel like he. You can tell that he likes doing this character, right? I think it shows. I think it's interesting. I I actually my main problem with this movie has nothing to do with Sandler. I actually think that the directing and maybe the editing, yeah, is not all that great. Right. Yeah. It definitely feels like sloppy in a way that. Again, you can just feel the entire Sandler machine getting older and getting sloppier and and caring a lot less than they used to. I mean, Eric, here's the thing. This movie, somebody gave them $80 million to make this movie, and they made back $150 million. So, like, if that's your life, dude, like, would you care I don't know, no. you know. I think it's like I think it's kind of like uh you have to really appreciate the craft and I think not be tired in order to like make a good movie. It, if you can just churn something out, just shit something out and make all of your money back plus double that, there's no there's no real I don't know, motivation to make something really really good. Which is, I think, what happened. I think Sandler basically, ma- you know, spent a decade making stuff like this, and has only now started to get what I would describe as maybe a fourth wind or something, where he's like starting to right. make better stuff these days and actually put more time and care and sort of expand his Sandler family a little bit. Um, because yeah, this this is a very lazy conceit. It's a lazy film in general. It it is just. You know, uh, if you want to see a really great takedown of Jack and Jill, and I, and again, even as someone who does like this movie, I still recommend this uh, video. Check out the um, the Red Letter Media guys. They have an entire uh, like hour plus long video dedicated to Jack and Jill as a film, and mm. they pick they pick it apart in a way that I would actually describe as like helpful. Like it, it's like it's like a good video where they show you like. Like, here's how the business works. And, like, here's why you saw the things you did in this movie. And, like, here's the problem with Jack and Jill, basically. And it's right. really insightful. It's, it, they, they go through, like, how many product placement endorsements this film had. Um, they count, like, literally how many times someone gets hit, in, an old person who gets hit in the face or gets hit in the nuts. <laughs> they, it's, 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 like, it's, like, great. They really break down, like, what are actual jokes in the movie? What aren't jokes in the movie? Because that's another thing that's kind of confusing about Sandler in in this era, this modern era, is that a lot of times it's confusing, like what you're even supposed to laugh at. Like, what is the joke? Like, where is the joke? What is the joke? It's if somebody doesn't get hit in the face, it's almost like 
the writing is just so bad and sloppy. It's it's hard to know where the jokes are, a little right. bit. Um, but that being said, I did not expect to like this movie as much as I did and laugh as much as, as I did. Man, there's some great there's some great laugh out loud moments when his son tells him that he'll be <laughs> tell looks at Adam Sandler and is like. Yes, I'm sure you will realize that as you're burning in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a laugh out loud moment. That's great. And Nick Swartzen, for as much as I hated him in Just Go With It, I uh-huh. loved his character in this. Just like the intern who can't stop, <laughs> like, saying stuff that's going to make him lose his job. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the, like, a lot of the Sandler crew that makes cameos in this movie, um, like Covert, Covert and... Uh, mm-hmm. David Spade. Yeah. They're funny in this movie. There's a lot of really funny. Uh, who's the guy with the googly eyes? I always forget his name. Oh, man. I kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of forgot. Well, but we do get a, a cameo from Norm MacDonald, Dana Carvey, David Spade, Tim Meadows. Um, Like you said, Alan Covert, Nick Swartzen. Great. Like, all good stuff in this, too. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're, we'll, we will discuss probably the Al Pacino of it all in this, which is such mm. a weird, freaky thing. <laughs> yeah. This movie also has like some other weird stuff. Like, like it has cameos from Johnny Depp, Regis Philbin, Dan Patrick, Shaquille O'Neal, Drew Carey, John McEnroe, of course, Chris, Christy Brinkley, Bill uh, Romanowski, Michael Irvin, Jared Fogle. A pre-in-prison yeah. <laughs> Jared Fogel. It yeah. has Billy Blanks, Vince Offer. Those are those are like um, t- uh, what what would you call them? Like they're they endorse products, right? Right. Spokespeople. Yeah. Spokespeople. Yeah, yeah. And then you have uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner prior to her transition as Bruce Jenner. So yeah, you got, you got a lot. There's a lot going on in this movie. Um, and Al Pacino basically plays a character in it. Like he's kind of, he's the, he's cast as number three on the call sheet. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh man. Yeah. Well, let's save the, the, uh, Pacino talk until we get into it. Cause he's, yeah, I got some things to say, but, uh, the first, Movie in Razzie history to win every category. <laughs> I, I say this every time the Razzies come up. I kind of hate the like awards that just are there to like. Me too. Say this is the worst thing. Yeah, but me that too. is pretty impressive. Yeah, every if, category. Yeah, if you're gonna win one of those, you might as well sweep it. <laughs> right. Sandler made twenty million. Uh, twenty million dollars, Eric. I'll never see that much money in my life. Do you think he got paid like do you think part of that 20 million is calculating like the fact that he's starring twice in oh, the movie? Oh. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if he like him having to be in it like uh almost double time, double the amount that maybe he would normally be in a in one of his own movies. Um let's see here. Ba, 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 ba. Sandler accidentally exposed his genitalia when he played Jill due to wearing a miniskirt. <laughs> that Boy, I wish I could have seen it. <laughs> yeah, delete. I haven't watched the deleted scenes. It might be in there. Yeah, yeah, could be. Uh, let's see. 
Oh, in reality, Pacino directed and starred in a documentary about the making of Richard III, the third, uh, titled Looking for Richard, which is the uh, character he's playing uh, on stage in the film. So that's interesting, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, not a lot of great. Not a lot of great trivia for this bad boy. You want to talk about the the movie? Yeah, might as well. The plot. <clears throat> well, Jeremy, Jack Saddlestein <laughs> is a successful Los Angeles advertise. I like how I started this as if I'm reading you a bedtime story. And I'm kind of getting tucked into bed right now. <laughs> I have my covers sort of pulled up to my to my nose. Man, if I had a if I had a child, I'd be reading them Wikipedia plots for yeah, stories. Two Sandler movies. <laughs> Yeah, no, like Die Hard and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jack Saddlestein is a successful Los Angeles advertising executive. Uh, He and his wife, Erin, have a daughter, Sophia. Also living with them is Gary, a Hindu boy who who was adopted at birth and who has a habit of compulsively taping various objects to his own body. I, what is up with that? (laughs) I don't know. I was wondering if that's like... I felt like I was missing the joke or something with that. Yeah, or like it to come back and like make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just kind of random. Jack wants counseling for Gary to break the boy's addiction, but Aaron won't hear of this. She views Gary's behavior uh, as the very thing which makes him unique. Uh, Jack's unemployed twin sister, Jill, has been living alone in their working-class New York City neighborhood since the death of their mother. She visits Jack for Thanksgiving with plans to stay until the Hanukkah, uh, much to Jack's horror. Jill, who has an open-ended plane ticket, annoys her brother at Thanksgiving dinner, dot, 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 where she also embarrasses a homeless guest, as well as Aaron's parents. So... I feel like this movie was shot uh, in sequence almost. Or sure. at the very least, this like dinner scene is the first, uh, like one of the first things they shot. Right. Because it's really awkward. I'd like to go back and watch <laughs> it and having seen how the characters develop because it, like, it, it just feels kind of like amateurish to be yeah. honest there's there's the directing is weird because there's like no music right and <laughs> i feel like a lot of like comedy movies dialogue does a lot of lifting like good jokes are are really important but i feel like there's a there, like cutting to people's reactions and uh, editing is also really important especially right. in a scene in a, in a scene where it's like just people sitting around a table and there's not that much like interesting going on in the background. Right. I just, I don't know. Like this scene really, really like lowered my expectations for the rest of the movie. I don't know. What was your experience? Yeah. I mean, similarly, I felt like this scene was just cut really weird and I couldn't like it. I don't think they, it's going to sound strange, but like, it kind of took me a minute to realize like the the situation with the homeless man at like Alan Covert's character at the table that they were basically just you know 
bringing him into their home to share like that's that's easy right but i but i was confused for way too long i felt like and then in general knowing like what is going on like they because they cram so much exposition into this scene like the i think i think we learned that like the kids adopted in this scene i think we learn we learn about the homeless man we learn about her family we learn about all of jack and jill's sort of chemistry and vibe together it's like there's a lot going on and there's really nothing funny about it like she gets hit in the head jill gets hit in the head with the (laughs) with the pepper shakers taped to the kid's face but like Uh other than that um i will say though i wrote down one funny joke from this scene which was when jill's really upset that she can't sit next to jack she makes a big deal big fuss which is kind of a theme through the movie but she's trying to get <laughs> she's trying to make Katie Holmes or Aaron's um mom feel uncomfortable for sitting there. So she keeps badgering her and finally she's like, Well, I mean, did you like did you want to sit there? Did you not want to sit there? And then, <laughs> and then the mom, very confused, looks up and just says, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And that joke is great. That joke made me laugh out loud. I think there needs to be, um, there needed to be more of an entrance for uh, Jill, I think. Because she just sure. kind of shows up. You yeah, know what I mean? She's at the airport. There's not like right? a, yeah, we yeah. don't get to see, there's not even like a funny, like, montage set to music where we see her doing silly things as she's like walking up to to jack or yeah she's just kind of there like we just hear her like whining and screaming right away yeah it's weird uh, like jill's like a little more grounded than i think i want her to be for some of these yeah. jokes to work like when she's getting hurt or farting or sweating <laughs> like i just want i kind of wanted her to be more of a cartoon but when you meet jill she's played as like like a like a kind of just like a Jewish mom, and it's like yeah. it's very almost endearing. Like I don't find her as annoying as Sandler does, and I think the movie kind of wants you to because you're supposed to kind of think it's funny that he's she she's getting on his nerves so much. It's a weird. It's it's definitely strange. It's a strange sort of uh, sort of vibe for sure. Though I I agree with I re- I agree with you. Uh, one thing we didn't mention too is right. Uh, one of the first things we get is that David uh, Dana Carvey uh, cameo, where he plays like the puppet guy, and Regis Philbin is like mm. it's for Pepto Bismol. <laughs> yeah. Really good stuff. Yeah. Yes, we get we get the setup of this like, um, I guess the the setup of Jack's job and this whole like other side of the the story of these ridiculous commercials. Yeah. Also, I just want to mention too, um, if you do not like uh, the look of this movie, um, mm-hmm. this is the same guy. I think we already mentioned this because I think he shot. Anyways, this is Dean Kundi shoots this film. Like he's the DP on it. He okay. shot uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> he right. shot Back to really? the Future two and three. He shot Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He shot Back to the Future 1. He shot The Thing with John Carpenter and wow. all of the first three Halloween movies. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a world-class cinematographer. Wow. Well, I mean, how much... How much? Uh, how, yeah. It looks how terrible. How much can you really do with this? It yeah. looks terrible. 
Yeah. Um, I don't think you mentioned any like comedies. Comedies. I I guess like Back to the Future, kind of. Yeah, um, I I didn't I didn't see a ton of um. Ro- he shot Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Flubber. Uh, I mean, that's kind of it's a comedy. Oh yeah. That that's bad. Like this. You know, I wouldn't mind revisiting Flubber at some point. Sure. Uh, they got that scene with the the Chips Ahoy song. That song that's in the Chips Ahoy commercial. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, the Saddlestein twins attend a celebration given in honor, uh, in their honor, by staff, the staff of Jack's advertising company. Uh, Jill disgraces herself, her brother, and his colleagues until she is asked to leave her own party. A day later, Jill's obnoxious conduct gets Jack and his family banned from their local movie theater. Uh, Jill goes through a list she has compiled of things to do in Southern California. Being a contestant on The Price is Right, going horseback riding, she breaks the horse's back just by sitting on it, and touring a studio. Uh, Deciding that Jill needs a partner, Jack and the kids teach her how to use online dating site. However, being Jill, she fails miserably in her efforts to find a boyfriend. One guy uh, calling himself Fun Bucket... (laughs) Norm McDonald uh, meets Jill at a swanky restaurant, but sneaks out after only a few minutes with her. Shortly following Fun Bucket's departure, the restaurant manager bounces Jill over her disruptive ways, demanding that she not come back. Yeah. Yeah. So we get the online dating thing, and the the Price is Right, and yeah. the Price is Right is another thing where she hits her head and passes out. <laughs> I do like. Uh, What's his name? The Price of Right host Drew Drew uh, Carey's Drew Carey. re- reaction to her passing out is just to go, "Oh, she hit her head and passed out. I don't know. Can we give her a bunch of prizes or something?" <laughs> <laughs> like he just doesn't yeah. care about. Uh, there's no like honor in the prize giving system. It's just like, ah, just give him prizes. Let him let him go. Like the get him out of here. Um, yeah, there's something like there's some kind of disconnect where like. Uh, I don't know. I feel like her being at this character being at the Price is Right is like funnier, a funnier concept than the than what we get. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of like mm. goes to it, and there's not any like build up to it or anything. Yeah, there's I, just yeah. Maybe it's a pacing thing or something. With I think movie, so. But. This seems like it should be the end of most movies. Is like she finally yeah. ends up on the Price of is Right, but they just treat it like it's just something that happens, which. It's kind of realistic, like in L.A., that is just, you can just go do that. It's not yeah. like that big of a deal. But I guess not be a contestant, but like you can just go go watch a taping. Um, Norm MacDonald is given nothing very funny to do here except be on the ceiling later <laughs> when she goes yeah. into the bathroom to check on him and he's just hanging on the ceiling. But it's good to see him regardless. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, you ever go to any tapings over there in uh, Tinseltown? I went to one taping for a, ne- a show that's now canceled, but um, oh, I've actually been to two, and they're both canceled now. One of them was like an Adam Carolla f- doing uh, like garage work stuff. <laughs> okay. And uh, Jimmy Kimmel showed up. It was like the pilot for it, gotcha. and it was like, yeah, it was not great uh and then the other one i went to was uh 
What was that show with Chris Hardwick where he like said points <laughs> a lot? Uh, at midnight. Yeah, yeah. I went to an at midnight taping because I had a buddy who was like a contestant on the show. Okay, interesting. Uh, Jack's agency client, meanwhile, wants him to get actor El Pacino to appear in a Dunkin' Donuts commercial, thus promoting a new coffee called the Dunkachino. Uh, Jack tells Jill, or Jack takes Jill to a Lakers game with Pacino in attendance. Pacino ignores J- Jack, but is inferi- infatuated with Jill. It turns out Pacino and Jill grew up on the same street in NYC. Pacino gives Jill his phone number and invites her to his home, yet for some reason, being Jill, she has no interest in him whatsoever and promptly departs. <laughs> you can kind of hear the um, Wikipedia author's like annoyance <laughs> with Jill in that sentence. Yeah. Like, uh, for some reason, for some reason, she doesn't like him. Like, uh, uh, Al Pacino, so, so the Dunkachino thing is why this movie will live on forever, actually. Um, it's important to note that, like, Jack and Jill would have just been a footnote in the annals of time, but because mm. of the Dunkachino joke, we will never, ever not have Dunkachino memes and gifs and Al Pacino doing the commercial. I feel like it's, I don't know. It's going to live, it's going to live on forever. So if you were afraid Jack and Jill might be forgotten, just know because of Dunkachino, <laughs> it won't. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is fun. I guess it, I don't know. It's I the, guess that it's is the perfect like joke of like um, yeah. of like a pro- of like a a actual place like Dunkin' Donuts endorsing a product, but using clearly the wrong kind of actor for that. <laughs> right, like that's the joke. Is that Al Pacino is clearly so much better than this Dunkin' Donuts commercial? Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Actually, it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Jack's Mexican. If that was a real commercial, it would be funny. Because mm-hmm. like commercials aren't there aren't like commercials that try to be funny aren't funny. But I feel like that actually would be pretty funny. Uh, Jack's Mexican gardener Felipe, also smitten with Jill, takes her to meet his family at their annual fiesta. Uh, there she tries Mexican food for the first time and comes down with severe diarrhea, which makes her even more difficult to live with than usual yeah and i cannot think of a least funny joke (laughs) than you eat mexican food and you get diarrhea so yeah although i will say when some of those farts were were happening Mm -hmm. i i I chuckled a couple times well farts are funny i think just how we get to the farts is pretty pretty uh wild it should have been yeah. something different. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to fix this. But it's. I don't even believe. I. I don't know. I. I actually don't know how much good Mexican food there is in New York. I don't. I don't know. There's just no. I just don't know. I don't even buy it that Jill wouldn't have. Had. <laughs> it's Mexican food. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. Uh, Pacino refuses to do the Dunkachino commercial unless Jack gets him another date with Jill. This forces Jack to invite Jill on a cruise, which he was planning just for his immediate family. Uh, Jill insists on bringing her pet cockatoo, uh, 
poopsie along for the trip. Uh, despite the cruise line's strict no pets policy, <laughs> throughout the voyage, Jill and Poopsie continue to irritate and offend everybody, except for some reason Sophia, Gary, and their mom. Uh, That's s- a good point. Sad- the, the, again, the Wikipedia author is like bringing up some good. All I like all these parentheticals because it's like, for some reason, Sophia, Gary, <laughs> and their mom. Like, why doesn't Jill annoy them? Or why doesn't Jill just annoy Jack? Like, I, f- I feel like there's two ways to do this movie. One is Jill is just annoying to everyone. Or Jill is just annoying to Adam Sandler or Jack, who that would make sense because they're twins. But it's like she is annoying to some people and then sexy to other people and then like not annoying. to It's, it's like it's a kind of inconsistent. Yeah, it's uh, it doesn't make much sense, I got to say. But uh, you know what's weird is I somehow do buy the El Pacino like being into her. Yeah. Because Pacino's such a weird guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess maybe that's his type. Sure. She's got so, a great cockatoo. <laughs> uh, the Saddlestein's vacation is cut short when the cruise liner's captain ejects their entire family from his ship. The captain vows that if Jill or Poopsie ever come on board again, Jack will hear from the line's lawyers, all 28 of them. A lot of lawyers. Mm-hmm. You get that many lawyers in the room, you know who you got? What's that? Freaking don't want to go there. I don't know. Place oh. too dunked. Yeah. Dunked on. Dunk Pacino Don. Uh when Jill keeps refusing to give Pacino another chance with her, Jack disguises himself as a sister to meet the actor. Uh Jill hearing Pacino's voice in the background of a phone call with her brother learns. She was invited just so Pacino would do the commercial. Dejected, she returns home to NYC, feeling guilty. Jack follows her along with uh, Aaron and the kids. Um, Jill arrives back in the Bronx on New Year's Eve, only to discover that the bank has taken away her mother's house. This is because Jill kept throwing away numerous bills, which she thought were junk mail. Classic mistake. <laughs> Classic. Don't you hate it when you're just chucking bills in the trash by the handful? Yeah. And yeah. they all say stuff like, please don't throw this away. This is your final warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the now homeless Jill encounters a group of former schoolmates led by class bully Monica at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, Aaron, and their kids show up. The twin siblings are reconciling by conversing in their made-up twin language. When Monica attacks Aaron, she is cold-cocked by Jill. Uh, Pacino arrives and tells Jill that while he has feelings for her, there is another man more worthy of herself than her, or her than himself. Uh, She goes home to find Felipe and his children, where they begin a relationship. The Mm. television commercial is made with Pacino starring and singing a rap song. And he disapproves of it. <laughs> the end. Minus the, de- you know, we talked about almost all of it, minus the, the long Jared Fogle part <laughs> where he talks about being hungry and she asks him, asks him a bunch of subway questions. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, I like I like the part where she's like, I, I think that one of the first lines is she's like, I can't believe you ate like eight sandwiches a day or whatever. Right. He's like, I didn't eat that many. Yeah. Or I ate um, other. He keeps saying, I hate. I can eat other stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta say, he's not a very good actor. No, no, no. At all. Although now that he's in uh, prison, I'm sure he could uh, work work on his acting skills. Who knows? Maybe when he gets out, he'll become the next. Tom Cruise. Man, I wonder if there's ever been an actor that like has gone to prison and just came out like a really good actor. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's something that like uh Christian Bale would do. If uh, if he sure. got a role as a prisoner or something, he would like commit a crime and go to prison for a couple years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it seems like a method thing to do. Like a Daniel Day-Lewis might just like rob a liquor store and get incarcerated just just to just to research his next role i heard and i know that we already did our paul thomas anderson uh series um but uh so not to get too into it but i did hear that uh daniel day lewis i don't know if you tell tell me if you've heard this before but apparently for months before recording uh, uh or filming there will be blood he drank nothing but gasoline. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, and he all he ate was um was uh car parts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why you can see a hubcap kind of like sticking out of his uh his mm-hmm. his belly. Yeah, at one point you can see him uh kind of cough and then he pulls something out of his throat like he was choking and it's a it's a radiator hose. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered about that. Uh, mm-hmm part in this in the in the movie right jeremy uh jack and jill um you know mm. what do you what do you think of this movie give me your give me your uh give me your thoughts um well i kind of gave a lot of them uh earlier but i guess just to kind of put a pin in it like this film is is nowhere near as bad as a lot of, of the Sandler movies that we've covered. And I also have a feeling it's nowhere near as bad as a lot of the Sandler films we'll, we will cover. Uh, this film has something going on in it that I actually like. And I think some of the jokes are better than I expected, for sure. Um, but that being said, it's still you know not very good. I give it a two. But that's what I gave Grown Ups, is a two. And I guess, like... You know, I think this movie's funnier and more exciting than Grown Ups, but I do like Grown Ups. I think is a better made movie, so I guess that's mm. why they're tied for me. But my Grown Ups score might go down. I I guess I just like realized like how many movies in a row Sandler doesn't do anything funny in them. Like he plays the yeah. straight man or the sarcastic guy, but like that's only like part of sandler like why we like sandler you know um anyway so my i'm giving it a two eric lay it on well um yeah i don't know i i i think this movie like i said i think this adam sandler is not the, the the what's wrong with this movie i think um i think it's a fine movie i i, I would like i would like to see this story done you know there's no way anyone's ever going to remake this, but it, I would be curious to see this uh, directed by someone else. I wonder if maybe uh, I was just looking to see if Dennis Dugan is um, directs. That's my boy, which is next. And I think he does. Yes. Um, 
I don't know. I want. I feel like Dugan struck out on this one. I really do. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, I don't know. I I, I, I did have very low expectations. I'll say that. Um, I gave Hugo a one point seven five, and I do like this movie better than Hugo. I'll say that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I will give it a two out of four. Chucky Freckles as well. And uh, Jeremy, next week, we are talking about That's My Boy, which I think you said you haven't seen before, right? No, I haven't seen uh, That's I My Boy. I saw this one in the theatra. Mm. Um, I'm not saying it's good, but I'll say that I, I did like it. Well, that's great. I mean, you know, I, I think at this point, I'm I'm not expecting... And we'll continue to not expect much from these Adam Sandler movies sort of going forward. And then the ones that are obviously I know to be great are the ones that I've probably already seen before, a la your Uncut Gems or your Hubie Halloweens or your Hustles. Mm. Although I might be surprised. You know, I actually remember like kind of liking Sandy Wexler. Um yeah, I yeah. So we'll see, but that's my boy. I'm excited. That's the one with uh, Andy Sandberg, right? Yes. Great. So uh, follow uh, follow us on Twitter at Hubie Halloween One. Um, check out our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Eric and Jeremy uh, for I'm gonna say the best movie Patreon podcast that exists. And uh, Jeremy, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening. Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. 